On my journey out here to Montana, I, I began in Newark, New Jersey, and I flew from Newark to Minnesota, and then from Minnesota to Missoula. And when I was in Minnesota, I had about an hour a layover. And so I went into this, this store, and I think I've just got some water and something to eat. And I happened to glance over at the magazine uh, section. And I was looking at all the different magazines, and all of a sudden I came across this one magazine. And on the front cover it said, the 50 most beautiful people in the world. And I was just like, that's an interesting title. Who are these 50 <laughs> beautiful people, you know? <clears throat> and, you know, I opened the magazine, and sure enough, as you would expect, it was beauty in a physical sense. So they had all of these, you know, models and celebrities and all of these people in the magazine. And when I closed the magazine, I remember feeling just so disappointed. And I remember thinking, like, how shallow is that? And nowhere in that magazine, you know, did it talk, this, this talk about who are the 50 most beautiful people. Nowhere in that magazine did it talk about the mother or the father who are working full time, who are raising children and trying to do the best they can for their family. You know, nowhere in that magazine did it talk about uh, the teenager who is really swimming upstream and trying to remain pure, trying to avoid the peer pressures of drugs and alcohol and all the many other pressures that teenagers face. And nowhere in that magazine did it talk about you know, the priest or the religious sister or brother who have literally given up everything for God and his people. And in my opinion, all of those people I just mentioned are the really beautiful people. But they're not noticed and they're not recognized by the world. What is the difference between the way God sees and the way the world sees. The difference is infinite. There's a beautiful line in 1 Samuel. It says that man sees the appearance of things, whereas God looks into the heart. And because God looks into the heart, he sees so much more than we do. Because oftentimes, where we might see tragedy, God sees an opportunity for grace. Oftentimes, where we might see just suffering, God oftentimes sees an opportunity for intimacy. And oftentimes where we see a dead end, God sees a million different possibilities. How different God is than us. Thank God 
<laughs> He's so different than we are. I think Paul today in Corinthians, that beautiful letter we heard this morning, I think what St. Paul is doing in Corinthians is he's trying to remind the Christians there, and he's trying to remind us as well, how different God is. He's writing to them about their conversion. And he says to them, he says, consider your own call. Remember how God moved, how God worked in your life, how God revealed himself to you. He says, not many of you were wise. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. So none of us would have made that magazine for sure. (laughs) But then he says something that kind of sounds a bit rude. He says, God chose the foolish of the world. God chose the weak of the world. And those who are lowly. And then he says, the reason for this is so that no human being might boast before God. In other words, so that no human being might ever be so foolish to think that they are God. Paul is sort of putting them and us in our place. Paul, I believe, is trying to save us from the greatest illusion that a person can have. And that's the illusion that we are self-sufficient, that we are completely independent and in need of no one. Paul reminds them that they are, in fact, the opposite, that they are lowly, that they are weak, and that they are foolish. And we might ask the question, well, how is this good news, (laughs) right? It doesn't sound very affirming. It's like, thanks, Paul, but no thanks, you know? But the, the actual truth is, this is liberating news for us. And the reason why it is so liberating is because it reminds us that the only walls that exist between us and God are the ones that we have built. It reminds us that the only obstacles between us and God are the ones that we have placed. That there are no obstacles. There are no walls between us and God. Because if God can love us, if God can reveal himself to us, if God can take the time to be cared about us, to care about us, when we are lowly, when we are weak, when we are foolish, when we are sinful, when we are self-centered, then there is nothing holding him back. But it's the times when we think that we're God, or that we don't need God, or that I can exist apart from God, that we create these walls, and God seems so far away. But it's when we can recognize our dependence, when we can recognize our, our poverty, and when we can and accept our need for God, 
that God comes rushing in to help us. And this is a completely different message from the world. If you look in on every magazine, not only the magazine that I was talking about, every magazine or every movie, it's oftentimes about the person who thinks they are strong, who they are independent, that they are in need of no one. Whereas the really beautiful person, the people that I mentioned earlier, the parents, the teenager, the priest or the religious, who are trying to live their life not focused on themselves, but on others, they're the ones who are beautiful because they recognize their need for God. And God has a free open space to travel to them. And that is what I believe St. Paul is trying to remind the Corinthians and what he's trying to remind us this day. And so when he says, consider your own call, he's asking us to remember and to reflect how there's nothing that can hold God back away from us except the walls or the obstacles that we build. Amen.